Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Yellow Ribbon Podcast, sponsored by Relis Recruitment. Harley, we have we have a fair bit to talk about today, don't we? It's been a um, it's been an eventful couple of weeks at the club. Eventful, maybe trying. You could also use yeah, there's a few different words you could use to describe these last few weeks since we've last kind of uh, chatted. But I think we just need to get into it and get started. Yes. Before that, though, we, as we say every single week, we are sponsored by Brellis Recruitment. And as I'm guessing you all have known, they are a recruitment business. But just before we get started, Brellis are a company that source high caliber candidates for offices all across the UK. And they specialize in sales, marketing, HR, accountancy, finance, basically personnel in business. And you're going to see where we're going with this, Harley. They've got over 250 five-star reviews on Google and have recruited for Walsall. So if you are in the need for recruitment, then get in touch with Brellis, either reach out to ourselves or to Matt and Zoe at Brellis Recruitment. Now, the key bit of that was 250 five-star reviews. We are on 55 star reviews or 49 five star and one 4.9 star. That's a, that's a sore topic for me on Spotify and I believe nine on Apple. It really does help us. So if, uh, if you can just take a quick moment to, to review wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a cheeky little five star. That'd be fantastic because we caused a bit of controversy with our last one, didn't we? With some of the ratings. Yeah, we did. And um, I'd, I don't know whether it's credit, it's a good thing or bad thing to take the credit, but it was my idea. And um, do you know what? It stirred a bit of conversation and that's what we like. And I felt like that's something maybe we were missing off the podcast. Every now and then we want we want a little bit of carnage for the listeners. We want you to get in. <laughs> Look, me and Rob, we've, um, you know, we're both in the kind of the journalistic landscape. So we are, we're familiar with criticism so if you wanna if you wanna criticize us for some of our comments, go for it. Any interaction is good interaction. If you agree, let us know. If you don't agree, let us know. But more well, I would like to caveat that though by saying, what's everyone's issue with the Saturday morning stats? <laughs> like, no, no, I get, I get that. I get that. But, oh, right, okay then. Yeah, I am. I am also in agreement that nobody likes them. But oh, look, this wait, is Rob's... wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Tuesday, we changed tactic. We went with let's find the worst stats. Not Tuesday, sorry, because that was that's tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's game. On Saturday, we tried something a bit different. We tried, I say we, I tried finding negative stats so to make it look like Warsaw are terrible. And we went and won. Look, that did happen. That did happen. But on the whole, they don't get down very well. And I'd like to say to all the listeners, whilst I stand by Rob and any criticism <laughs> that's levelled at the Yellow Ribbon podcast, I will I will shoulder some of the blame for it as a partnership. It's 50-50. But I'd just like to say that this is all Rob and nothing to do with me. Yeah, I think yes, one, of the, one of the days where I put up something particularly positive about Walsall, I think you pretty much text me going, Rob, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? So I'm not involved in this. Like, I'll stick up for Rob, but I'm not involved. Okay, right. Well, you have the power to delete tweets as they go up, I'm just saying. Just saying. 
I like to sit back and you know watch the world <laughs> watch burn the world sometimes. Burn. Yeah, there we yeah. go. There's the Batman reference. <laughs> now, obviously, I did mention that you know the, the stats that I put up clearly had an impact on Saturday because the players thought, right, let's prove this guy wrong. But I think the, the first part of this before we get on to our listener questions are the we had quite a few players who had a point to prove on Saturday and they did. However, they did for one game. It's now about consistency. But I think we can't not talk about the goalkeeper debate to begin with because for me, They've both had a point to prove in the last two weeks for various reasons. And one has really shown that they are, are made of sterner, sterner stuff and should be leading. I say leading the line. That's the striker. Should be the number one choice in goal. Yeah. Now, I am on a mission to improve interactions. So before we get any further into this, I want to say anybody listening... If you think there is someone in the Warsaw squad who has a point to prove, let us know over on Twitter, tag us in it, tell us who it is and why. We want to know before we get any further. We've got our now, top three, but if there's any others, we'll... Let us know. So, yeah, go go, go with, uh, with with Jackson Smith. Look, Jacko, as um, you know, he's called by his mates and I'm friends with some of his mates. So, you know, we're... Friends by extension, I like to think, although I've never actually met him and I don't think he knows who I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jacko, I think he's uh, he has a point to prove that he is he is the number one and that he should yeah, he should be playing every game. And I think I think Evans has dug his own grave really because he he played poorly, he got dropped, he had the, he had an injury. Jacko came in. He came back, he's played poorly again, and Smith has played well again. So it seems, in my mind, it's simple maths. I think that... the, the key thing has been, that's been probably more apparent in the last sort of two weeks, has been not only them as a goalkeeper, as a shot stopper, but the the, the trust that goes into them in that role I, I do genuinely feel that as a defensive unit our defense prefer having Jackson behind them I think he's much stronger at claiming balls crosses corners that sort of thing also he's he's much much quicker and brighter at coming off his line to to kind of come out and not not sweep a keeper per se but to get right to the edge of the box if he's going to claim a, a through ball before a striker gets there. And I think that sort of positivity and the way that he commands the defence has really shown this this last kind of like handful of games. I think it is a lot to do with confidence because like, I don't think Evans has been particularly good this season, but he was quite good last season. And I do think he's an all right goalkeeper, but I think he's so low on confidence that he's just... He's getting a bit, I think he gets a little bit flustered, maybe. He flaps a little bit. And I think the difference being is that Smith is just, because he's never really done this before, he's just full of confidence. Like, he's a good goalkeeper. But is he technically levels above Evans? Not really, no. 
but he's just so much more confident and assured of himself right now. That's the difference with a goalkeeper. Is possibly one of the, the toughest position to play on the pitch. It's a it's a great debate to have, but I I think it's probably the toughest position, and you have to be confident. And I think that's the difference right now. And yeah, I totally agree. But it and I think it's you're right. Actually, is it's his confidence that what I kind of said before is why he is like that. Why he's so vocal with the defense. You know, I mean, like he's shouting at. And obviously Daniels didn't play on Saturday, but obviously he did on on uh, last Tuesday. He's shouting at Daniels, who's got hundreds of games under his belt, telling him what he wants him to do. He's telling Farkasen the same thing. Obviously, I know Cadbury's not played as much, but he's he's vocal, and yeah, that that confidence works both ways. And I I do genuinely believe that losing Daniels and Farkasen, if we'd have had Evans in goal, we'd have been right up uh, up the creek without a paddle on there on Saturday if it had been Evans in goal. Yeah, I agree. And I think a, a good goalkeeper and even maybe not even just a, a, a confident goalkeeper can make the world a difference. I mean, look, we did get the rub of the green because let's be honest, it probably was a goal. Oh, <laughs> Oh, well, maybe, look, the way I see it is, I don't want to be particularly smug about it because it probably should have counted. But if you look back to Rochdale last season, when they got a goal in kind of similar circumstances, it levels itself out through the course of years. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I do I do genuinely believe that we we did have maybe... Some luck of the Irish with us. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like that one? Um, Do you like that one? (laughs) And, um, but at times this season, we've had decisions go against us that have have led to goals, sort of free kick decisions, um, fouls that haven't been given. Um, Yeah, certain elements have gone against us. So I think over the course of the season, it does. Um, But one player that was playing in that defensive trio was Canuck's finest, Taylor Allen. He, I mean, one pod beyond tweeted this and it was a fantastic stat that points per game with Taylor Allen, I don't know if it was starting or just in the, in the squad uh, when he starts. So when, when Allen starts, it's 1.86 points per game. We're averaging 1.35 points per game this season as a team. Look, I'm not saying it's down to one man and one man alone, but he, like Mr. Versatile, he's so important, I think, to keep around. Yeah, and first City One Pod Beyond, great stat, unreal stat. Do stay in your lane, though. You, you've kind of cornered <laughs> the market on you know, pie chat and stuff like that. We, we will also not talk about the position that comes between 15th and 17th. We won't say that number. Yeah, we won't. We'll, we'll, yeah. We know where we, but, we are. But Rob is, you know, the stats man. You know, stat man Rob. As, uh, I hadn't even I'm sure looked for that. I hadn't even and looked he hadn't, for that. He hadn't. So, like, look, great work from you guys. But, you know, do watch your backs, <laughs> I would say. But I think, yeah, sorry. Um, I've lost my train of thought there. Uh, yeah, Taylor Allen. 
I've always liked Taylor Allen. I've said this a few times before. Do I think he's groundbreaking? No. Do I think he should start every game? No. Can he do a bit of everything? Yes. And that's kind of what you need. He's a local lad. Love that. He'll be in basketball. I don't know if it's open. It did burn down. It's a place in Canuck, if you don't know, Rob. Thanks. Rob, yeah, Rob's um... not Rob's not really a Midlandser anymore. What are we on about? I, I'd like... Why? Because I don't live in the Midlands. Yeah, you've kind of developed into a bit of a southerner. It's a bit of a debate. Right, having. okay. I mean, anyway. look, there's, there's one of one of the two of us born in Walsall, one from Stoke. I won't have that from you. Look, I've said this to you before. I am New Cross Hospital's finest. Wolverhampton. So, so you're, you're a dingle? No, I'm from <laughs> Wolverhampton, not a dingle. <laughs> but I'm definitely not from Stoke. I just happen to live near Stoke Okay. when I'm at home. When I'm not at Liverpool, look at, look, I'm a journeyman. <laughs> anyway, Seasoned pro. Yeah. Um, Taylor Allen, yeah, I really like him. And he always comes in and he always just plays well. He's just solid. Could he do it over 38 games? No, he couldn't. Have I asked myself a lot of questions in the last few minutes? Yes, I have. You it's also asked him now. about 38 games rather than 46. So I don't know. I don't know whether that was just plucked out of the air or you think he's going to play Premier League football. It's a great question. <laughs> I'm not prepared here for this, clearly. I've, uh, I've, now, what, what I'm factoring injuries, you know, you're going to miss a few yeah, games. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. Eight games throughout the course of the season is you know, fair enough. Yeah, you're going to miss yeah. those. Yeah, we'll gloss over that. Yeah. Could he do it for 46 games a season? I don't think he could. <laughs> but coming in every now and then, dropping in, Left wing back, centre mid, centre back, goalkeeper, striker. He'd he'd come in and he'd be absolutely fine anywhere. He could step in as manager for a game if uh, Sadler's got the flu or something, and I think he'd I think he'd probably win that game as well. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I do. I've all, I've always said I like his versatility, and I think teams at our level need a Taylor Allen. Who, I mean, let, let's face it, he. He's dropped in at centre-back. I can't remember the last time he played at centre-back because recently, any time he's come on, he's played at centre-mid. But he just slots in. And okay, I think that's right, a great well. quote. Every, every team needs a Taylor Allen. Yeah. Yeah, that can I'll be our tagline. Taylor, if you're listening, you can you feel free to update your, your Twitter yeah. bio. We won't, even, we won't even want you to put the quote at the end. Just um, make, a, um, make some T-shirts, you know, we will. We won't do you for copyright infringement or anything. No, you make every team needs a Taylor Allen. Yeah. If you could send us some of the t-shirts, maybe a hoodie. Lovely. Yeah. The other player with the points prove who this one probably I don't. I don't want to say more controversial, but I think has a points prove in terms of more consistency. Is Jamil Matt? He has his haters, doesn't he? He, he has his fans his and he has his haters because he's there was a weight of expectation when he came in because he was he was still that guy who scored like twenty odd goals for Forest Green a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was still kind of remembered for that, and he's kind of he's a he's not that player anymore. He's thirty three, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not, not thirty six. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, he's 33, so he's coming. He's in the twilight of his career. Yeah, you know, he's not an outrageous bagsman, but I think he's 
he's had his kind of injury issues, but now he's kind of finding a bit of form. I think there is a debate we're going to get onto later about strikers and partnerships, yeah. but I think that he's doing a solid enough job. I think he developed a nice relationship with Draper that sadly ended because Draper went back. But I think Jammer has his place in the squad. I, I think, think it's just getting the best out of him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always been about consistency with Jammer. Well, in my opinion, he'll have these weeks where, you know, he has a couple of really good games and everyone thinks, right, this is the time that he's actually going to show that he is that striker. And then it just fades away for a few games and then it will come back for a couple of games and we kind of have this rinse and repeat. But would you like to see him starting every game? I suppose fitness is, is the key here. Or do you think that, you know, potentially maybe obviously start, I think, Tuesday, considering the way he played, but there's always this file in the background who can push him? It's awkward because I don't quite know what I expect from Sadler because I kind of half want him to pick two strikers and go with it and let him develop a relationship. But he also, he likes to mix and match his strikers based on what he thinks will be best against the opposition's defence. So the I diff- find it a little bit tricky to say, yes, yeah, I want Jam to start. The difficulty for me as well in this run is it is relentless. Yeah. It's absolutely relentless the next, I mean, I don't even know how many weeks, but it is literally Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the foreseeable. And there's going, there's got to be rotation because no player can play that consistently um, throughout the entire run. But I do think out of all the strikers we have right now, the one I would trust the most to get as goals in important moments. And not only that, but someone pointed out on Twitter he does have a bit of a dark arts about him. Like he knows how to yeah. kind of move around defenders at corners and kind of just set up little things to try and win free kicks and you know little things at set pieces that someone like Mo Fowl, you know, no disrespect to him, but he just doesn't know how to do that yet because he's so young. You know, Jammer's yeah, been doing it for like the last fifteen years. Yeah. The um the other thing is as well, I I think some of that dark art stuff is is what's fat, what's kind of looked back on later post match. I mean, a lot of the stuff for Jammers come out sort of you know post game and to, as we record on Sunday today, where people have gone, oh, have you seen this in like the replays, the highlights, and which is which is great because you know you don't want someone to be that dark art and obvious about it because then refs start pulling them up on it. If he can kind of get away with it, then that's just top level. Um, but he, I, th- I think we, we should probably move on to our listener questions. And I'm going to start with that one about strike partnerships. It is from Borsal FC, you'll say in the polls, do you think we have too many strikers and no partnerships evolving? Also, we seem to have a settled back line, but how do you think we'll get on with the defence changes in the next couple of games? For me, we've got, with DJ injured, and let's face it, he's still in a boot from what everyone has uh, seen. He's not coming back 
anytime soon. So we've got, I'd say we've actually got four, two, two pairs of strikers that are the similar duos, which I quite like. You've got the sort of the taller, more target man that can be the holdup in, in Matt and Farl. And then you've got Gordon and DJT, who are your more pressing energy, will run, chase as much as they can. I don't know about you on this, but my preferred pairing would actually be Jammer and DJT at the moment, which is probably a little bit controversial. I kind of agree because Fal has kind of flattered to deceive a little bit. He hasn't really done anything of note yet. And what Josh Gordon's done is he has he's continued a trend that I've spoken about in a previous pod, which is I don't remember remember him doing anything. And he still <laughs> hasn't done anything. Yeah, he's been with us so long and he ha- I still don't remember him doing anything. And it's not to say that he doesn't do stuff, he just doesn't do anything memorable. I mean, I will say I think that talking about partnerships, which is what the question is. Matt and Gordon are start, are building a partnership. And I suppose not that we are looking at the playoffs because not only is it still points-wise, but there's a lot of teams that are in the same position as us. But, you know, we... we yes, if we win our game in hand, and if we win this and if we win that, we, we could be. But, you know, the reality is with six points off the playoffs but we're also nine places. Like, that's a lot of teams that are in a very similar position that we have in the exact same thoughts. But I suppose while that while that carrot is there, it probably, sh- and I know I'm contradicting myself, probably should keep some consistency because it's not a coincidence that Jam has found his form a bit more whilst being partnered with Gordon. And I, I don't know whether that's because they just click because both of them are more experienced in the league that they've kind of slotted in better with each other. But yeah, I realise I've just given two different answers to that. But <laughs> yeah, um, listeners, I still want more interaction. So if you're as confused as I am, let us know because <laughs> I'm baffled by that. So Robert said that his preferred pairing is Gordon and Jama and Jama and. DJT. So, cheers to that, Rob. Yeah, that leaves me right. with, um, leaves me to decipher all of that. <laughs> I think the best duo is Mo Fall on his own. <laughs> yeah, solo striker. All right. Okay. No, I um, I think I I get what you're saying because there's arguments for both because I think DJT and Flash kind of do the same thing. I think there is a little bit more. I think you are right in the fact that maybe. Gordon does offer a little bit more in terms of experience and I think maybe that's why they've kind of clicked a little bit more but I think you can kind of I could take it or leave it with either of those two because I don't think there's a massive difference between Gordon and James Taylor to be honest I would be all right if either or played I think maybe just for experience for experience sake I'd take Gordon but I don't think we've got too many strikers no, I, I just don't. think, I think that, that we haven't quite figured it out yet. Yeah, I think from the reason I I would go with 
DJT and the whole thing about the playoffs is if do you know what if we were in the in like really in the hunt for it and you know we were kind of 10th like a point or two behind I actually probably would say let's stick with what's been making Matt perform better yeah but I think maybe in a game or two if we have really like got a lot of ground to make up and it's not really looking like it's happening the reason I'd say DJT is because I think he needs game time yeah. and it's more of a development a development point of view um before we chat about the back line the three players that we said have a point to prove have two things in common with each other do you know what both of those things are I know about one of those is that they are all local lads. They are indeed local lads, but they are local lads who are all out of contracts at the end of the season. Didn't know that. And do we think Matt's deserving of, a, of an extension? I think he needs to show more consistency. But if he can replicate his last couple of games over the course of the rest of the season, then I'd be tempted to say yes. If we can keep him fit to the end of the season and he can keep kind of doing what he's doing, I don't see why not. Because realistically, there's no team in League Two who are going to get him as their starting striker for 46 46 games in the season. But there are a lot of teams, unless it's a National League team, who might... There are a lot of teams who'd want him as a backup because he's probably one of the better backups in the league when you when you look at on paper. And I don't think he's been necessarily bad for us. I just think he's maybe not lived up to expectations that we set the standards quite high for him. But there also, have been external factors. He was also trusted to be captain against Mansfield. And I thought he probably, that kind of, not expectation, what's the word, that, I say honour is something that he I felt did live up to. Yeah. And anyway, that's that's a different question. Um the the second part of that was about the settled back line and how we think the defence changes in the next couple of games. Again, this is going back to the points to prove. We've got potentially back three of Taylor Allen, uh, Manny Adoboyega and David Cadway all three of which have points to prove. We've obviously spoken about Alan. Um, Manny has been has been very patient. Obviously scored the winner. Confidence be flying. I think that's no bad thing if he does have to start. And I think we've we've kind of touched on this. A Cadbury could be the type of player that we go for in the summer, especially as we have that relationship with Stoke. If we if we play with that black uh, back three, then we play with that back three, and yeah, they're, they're going to be a physical, bright back three. Let's just see if they can do it over a 90 minute spell. My issue there is it's already a young side. Who's going to lead that defense? Because really, the most experienced there, maybe not even the, the person who's had the most games this season, would be Dave, and he's not exactly a a leader and a captain right now, is he? He's just a kind of a younger player, you know, playing his trade in the two, trying to, you know, learn what he needs to do. 
hopefully the injuries aren't as bad as feared, but I I haven't heard anything to suggest that they're no, not yet. Way I think we'll, we'll find more out tomorrow and uh, so and fingers crossed. But I was thinking as you were kind of talking, our season has as much as like tactics and you know Draper even have gone like a bit awry. One of the massive impacts is injuries. We've been so unlucky with injuries. Yeah. Every to lose, few weeks. To lose two centre-backs as well. Yeah. I would say this is probably our third or fourth injury crisis this season, which is just not a good look. I don't know whether that's something to do with off the pitch, they're being worked too hard, whether it's just brutal bad luck on the pitch that they're being snapped and things are going. It could be a combination of both. But... It really is hurting us. McKenty injured. Ote's been injured most of the time. Riley, yes, he's not brilliant, but he's not been an option most of the season. DJ's been out. Farkson's been out. You know, we've we're really, really struggling. Yeah, yeah. And my hope with this this sort of back three that we're assuming is going to be the back three uh, against Morecambe is that, you know, in times like this, it's, it's the opportunity for young players to step up and share their value. So hopefully they they will. Moving on, because we've got quite a few questions. We have a certain Dave Carabini who's got in touch. Now, Dave, I do feel we like are, we owe Dave an apology. We, we owe him a massive apology for... Not that it's our fault, but... No, no. That, that you know, he came over, picked him up from Birmingham Airport, the, uh, the, the the day was bleak. We arrived at the ground after a lot of traffic. Started having a little walk around the ground. Pitch inspection. Great. And uh, in Dave's words, this is more than playable. And that's a man who watches Irish football and plays Irish football. He had no problem with it. And I'd also like to point out, if you looked at the state of Salford's pitch this weekend, I don't know how it has. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. But Dave has asked, Thoughts on Evan Weir's free kick? Brilliant. We might need a centre-back to come back quite quickly, Dave, so hopefully you're not uh, <laughs> not in desperate need for him. Belter of a free kick. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get Dave over again at some point because, uh, look, the great British weather do be like that sometimes. Mm. But Although all was not lost, we did bump into Ben Boycott and Matt Sadler at the end of the game. And... Ben, if you are listening, which you said you you do, we think you're great. We do. Because he he joked with me that we'd said some nasty things about him on here, and that is not true. He was having a wind-up, and I was too nervous to be like, no, Ben, you're wrong. (laughs) But what we do know, Ben... I'm doing it here in the safety of my flat. (laughs) Ben, we do know you haven't left a five-star review, which is something that all the listeners can do. <laughs> I'm on a real interactions drive. Yeah. Ben, I'll tell you what, you if, we, if we get messages through on Spotify now from a B boycott, <laughs> I will be, I'll be delighted. I'll be delighted. But no, we, we would like to say, all jokes aside, Ben, it, it, thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, thank you for the support. But yeah, so Evan Weir's free kick. Unreal. It's- just a belter he's absolutely thumped it it's like 25 30 yards i don't know like 
well outside the box. And he's, you know, unfortunately, uh, drawed a loss, which is very sad. But our man scored a great free kick, and that makes me happy. So, yeah, I think there, from, there, are, there are positives and negatives there. By all accounts, I think it was a, a tough opening game, and um, yeah. I think they played all right, though, from what what Dave says. Yeah, and what Dave says is gospel. Oh, absolutely! It's 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 written in in the gospels. It is. Next question from Alex Bailey. Now, I've got to censor one word in this. Yes, you Where do, do you yeah. honestly see us finishing this season? The place in between 15th and 17th can't be an answer. Yeah, out of respect for uh, our podcasting rivals and friends, yeah, we can't mention the place in that, between 15th and 17th. Yes, that place. The place that shall not be named. I think we will finish. Oh, should I go? Should I go up to, I don't want to say optimistic, but I think eleventh. Realistically, we can't do any worse than the place that shall not be named. I just don't. don't think... Why did you, Harley? Why did you say that? Look, I don't think we can. Oh, I genuinely don't think that? we can we do worse than that. It's going to happen now. But you look at the teams below us. Don't. Why like, are you still speaking? Tranmere and they're crap. Like we've got to at Tranmere, least. Tranmere. They won five nil at the weekend or four nil against Stockport. We won six one against Grimsby, and look at us. <laughs> yeah, we thought we were the bollocks and. We're not, apparently. I think we we can, and I'm being really optimistic here, finish 15th or above. So I'm going to say, could we equal our best ever result of a 13th? Well, not best ever, best That's since we've been relegated. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going optimistic and saying 11th or 12th, top half, top half. I think 13th is realistic and slightly optimistic for me. Yeah, however, you could ask me after the Crawley game. Um, with Mansfield in the pipeline, I probably would not have been as optimistic. But it's Walsall. We do, we do terribly in games. We should pick something up in, and then, and then get wins against each of the top four at home, which is. And we fantastic. also another of my favourite Walsall qualities is we get within touching distance of something, build up some games in hand, and lose them. Yeah, great. Thanks, yeah. Harley. Listeners. When Harley mentioned about my my morning stats, um, you've heard him say that we can't do worse than that position, and that we build up games and then don't don't win them. So who's who's really cursing the club? Just let you all think about that. Stu Lockley said at the end at the start of the season, would you have taken being six points off the playoffs with a game in hand mid Feb? Didn't the vast, vast majority of supporters predict we'd be exactly where we are? Why so much negativity? I do think the league this season, if you'd have said we'd have been six points off the playoffs with a game in hand, I think we'd have put, I would have said we'd have been about the 11th mark. I don't think we'd have said 16th. Oh, no. I just said it. Oh, no. Right, so I've just just checked my email and we've already had a um, a lawsuit come come through from uh, one pod. Tom, Gaz, Daz, like we're we're really sorry. Like we 
do not want to go on go to court with you guys no because like i'm just gonna get sued for so much money yeah yeah i don't have that much to give look it was nice doing a podcast with you um <laughs> if we, we we can still sacrifice one of us that we mentioned uh, yeah look i think i think if there is jail time i think you have to take it yeah i think you'd fare better um, thanks i don't yeah. know if that's a compliment or not no, I, take anyway i think the probably the negativity is because we've been so inconsistent like when we perform well we really perform well but when we play badly we we really play badly like the, i think the extremes are here this season probably more than the last few because i think under like at the end of flynn it was just drab it was just drab but the, like results like against sutton and the first sort of 15 20 minutes um uh it's completely eluded me like um last weekend were just they were were terrible absolutely horrendous but also I think the league position I don't want to say it's false I just think it's quite um, an an anomaly to be where we are in terms of points to the playoffs and yeah it's a very awkward league this year like he's a very tight in the midfield because I think that no one has really no one's that much better or worse than anyone in this league. I mean, you have the teams that are like consistently grinding out results, but they're very beatable, as we've shown. But then you have the teams that are consistently grinding out the losses, but they do have a win in them. And I think it's a, it's an awkwardly tight league where a good a run either way, good or bad, can shoot you up or down the league. Yeah, just just to put it into some context. If you are six points off the playoffs in League One, you are in eighth. Exactly. So it's kind of... Which is... I know obviously there's the difference in uh, position, but that's mental. Yeah, and in is. the Championship, you are... You would be 11th. Yeah, so we're not necessarily in a horrible position, but we've got a lot of competition for it yeah a lot yeah there's a it's a bit like and hear me out the grand national there's a lot of horses in that race this is your weekly analogy isn't it it is there's so like most so league one is yeah just and the championship like a standard horse race you maybe got like you know 10 horses or something you know 15 I have no clue with horse racing, so yeah, you, you... yeah. Look, look I, I kind of do. I, yeah, I sort of know stuff. Um, they, 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 a lot of races they have like 10, 15 horses. You know, the Grand National sometimes has like thirty. I think they are changing it. We won't get into the politics of the Grand National. That's that's not our podcast. But there's my, my point is, there's a lot of horses in that race. And it's 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 an awkward race because of how many horses are in it. Great, thank you. You can for either, that. yeah, a, a good performance can see you, you know, get the top three, or it can see, or a bad performance can see you like right at the back. But you, that midfield is like, it's you can be you can be second or seventeenth, 
and there's only like a second in it or something. Great. For um, for more Grand National related analogies, you can find Harley on Twitter. Anyway, uh, moving on from, from that, I have no, I've nothing to say other than look. Yeah, my a lot of, my lot of horse racing friends out there, and of of which there are many that listen to this podcast, I imagine, will have <laughs> understood that. Yeah, the, the, the crossover between horse racing friends and Walsall fans, it's, you know. But yes, I think, I also think, I mean, look, this this is going to be a very quick comment on it because I think ultimately that could be a potential whole episode in itself. I think the other bit of negativity is Sadler didn't, and you've, you've said this before, didn't have like much credit with the club or with the fans yeah. because of his background, his in management the fact that he didn't have any but if you were to if you were to have someone like a Clark or Flynn there probably wouldn't be as much I'm not saying it would have been great but at the time there probably would have been more they could trade on previous seasons to to gain a little bit of positivity with the club there is also another way of looking at it and if I'm being the kind of negative soul that I am prone to being. People on the internet are rarely ever neutral. They're either oh, extremely yeah. positive or extremely negative, and football fans, especially so, are very fickle. If you're doing well, you are the best team in the world. If you're doing badly, you are awful. That's generally why social media, people who have strong things to say, they are very bipolar in that sense. They have to oh, go, this I mean... is the best team, or this is the worst team. Look at West Ham trying like fans having a go about yeah. Moyes, and you go, yeah. guys, like eighth in the league. They won yeah. a trophy last year. They won their first European trophy, in and they're still in the Europa years. League. Right. Anyway, yeah. um, moving on with questions. See, this is why we don't do Q and A pods because we just get so sidetracked. <laughs> but I enjoy that. I think getting sidetracked is fun. Yeah, I mean we've we've covered West Ham and the Grand National. Um, very little Walsall content yet. Um, <laughs> Gaz Hadley, what will it take to make all sort of force in League Two? Season promises so much, and then dot 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 dot. I just wanted to give the listeners the full full picture. Was that the there. message, or were you just reading out in Morse code? No, 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 no. That's that is a message. I have many talents, but Morse code isn't isn't one of them. Uh, I say many. I have a couple of talents, and Morse code isn't isn't one of the podcasting isn't either by the by the, <laughs> by the quality of my content today well i mean i like to think that we're a bit of a rough and ready podcast but we do the job oh yeah yeah we'll go with that yeah i um, actually think no you go first you go you first. Want me to go first yeah what would, it take this. To make, what would it take to make us a force money definitely is one i think just I think if we really, I don't know if this is going to, if this would make us the best team in the league, but I think right, if I'm looking at it right now from where we are, I think the best thing to do would be to just fully back Sadler and just give him everything he needs and let's just try and build on what we've got because I think the core basis of the squad has the talent. I do, however, think that Sadler needs someone over his shoulder to give him a hand and teach him how to manage a team to beat teams that aren't as good as us 
because I think tactically he's brilliant when the other team comes at us and wants to play football. But when a team is happy to hit it long and sit in, we're pretty dreadful. So that's one thing I do is get another coach in who can give him a bit of help and go like, look, this is this is how you get around someone like this. Like an old school manager who can go, look, I, I won the league by playing hoofball. Here's how I did it. This is what you should do if you want to beat, let's say, Forest Green or Sutton. Yeah. And I think a lot of money as well. I have, I, I've been thinking about this since um, Gaz, Gaz put the question in because the, well, I mean, it, it, the kind of the easiest things to say are like strengthen the squad or, you know, um, change manager. But I think if you look at, if, if we're talking about it from now, if there's one thing that I could give the players as a whole, it would be confidence. And it was what you said earlier about, about Smith in goal. And I do genuinely believe that when we play with confidence, that's when we are beating teams that are above us and that are the sort of the better, more consistent teams in the league. And that's, that's what, for me, the difference between where we are now and how we could be... More, I'm not saying we'd be a force. I'm not saying we'd be like top three you know, like like Cambridge were when they won the league, where they were just an absolute blue teams apart kind of thing. I I do think it is a case of if we had a bit more confidence throughout the squad, not just a couple of players, we'd be more of a force in League Two. Yeah, I agree. That's my final answer. That's that's what it was only when you said it earlier that I thought, yeah, that's that's what it is. Look, I, I make great points. Yeah, and you, so they come so naturally you don't even know the effects yeah. they're going to have but some of them are you know a mishmash of ideas that come out horribly and some of them are you know just straight off the pages of the greats like marcus aurelius yeah i'm a real hit and miss of a man they're just so modest as well yeah yeah <laughs> that's one of my favorite traits of myself i'm just very modest and humble um Rob Holden, do you see a future at Walsall for Joe Folks? He then kind of talks a bit about the, the situation, but then he, he ends with, this ties into what path do any youngsters at Walsall possibly have if this is the outcome, sort of alluded to Folks' lack of game time. I do think Folks has a future at Walsall. I just think it's not going to be this season, and I think probably the injuries that have happened in the defence may have stunted what I would like for him to do, and that's go out on loans, get consistent game time. I'd like to see him do a similar thing to Mayer, where he still trains at the club, but plays out on loan locally. I do think that folks has a future at the football club. I think maybe there's been a bit of a breakdown in the relationship between player and manager. And something has gone a bit wrong there. But I do think that that will kind of work itself out. I think maybe it's stylistically, maybe folks just isn't quite offering what Sadler wants at this moment in time. But I do think alone is the right move. I think that Sadler's kind of wants his cake and wants to eat at the same time. Like he kind of wants to have 
folks close enough so that if he does absolutely need to use him, he's there, but he doesn't really want to use him at the, at the moment. So he doesn't want to go, and go anywhere else on loan, which I do think is maybe the wrong thing to do. I think maybe I wouldn't send him to Kidderminster, but I would send him to Drawder. Ooh, yes. I mean, look, Dave, Dave, let us know if you need a fastest. Yeah, great, great cross on him. You know, technically good. If a little, if a little small, wing back. If Jordan need that, you know, let us know because that could have been a great shout for me. Yeah, I think that maybe that's a good fit for him. I think it's quite comfortable keeping him within the kind of Traveller setup as well until the end of the season. It would give him potentially, like, I think just really wherever needs game time. It's just game time now. I think we all thought he potentially would have got, I think probably the plan for him at pre-season would have been make the match day squads and then try and force yourself into the team. But then obviously injuries would have changed that yeah it's 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 a tricky one because I, th- I don't want him to end up like other players that have shown potential and then have sort of fallen by the wayside yeah definitely I I, I do think he has a place I just think it's going to take a bit of patience and a bit of hard work from him not that he's not working hard I just think he's going to keep pushing on and keep doing what he's doing and eventually he'll get another chance. Yeah, and in terms of the, the pathway for young players, I don't know enough about the quality of young player that we've got. I think the, the difficult thing is any changes that have been made in terms of younger player development, which it does appear has been the case, we probably won't feel the effects of until maybe three, four years down the line. I think it, it will. So, yeah, I think it's quite a difficult one to answer. I mean, obviously, we spoke about the academy previously on a different episode. I think any any infrastructure that's been put in place there, you, you're not we're not going to see the benefits of for a while, sadly. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone coming through to my knowledge of who is going to you know, change the game and change the first team at the moment. I think there has been a few teething issues within that set the past kind of few years i think that potentially the lockdown because that was when things started to get a little bit tricky and we weren't really bringing anyone through so i think you know i'd be patient with it is my advice also fans patient and believe that the changes that travella are making to the way the club is run in terms of the academy will produce the tree will produce bright fruit once it's fully grown. Oh, you are you are on one tonight, aren't you? Well, sometimes I can be a poet. Sometimes I can. Uh, right, our final uh, question, and it's a double header of the night, is from Stuart Heaton. Would you sign any of the loanees? I'd like to see more from Adeg Boyega. Uh, from Norwich and I'd sign Dave Akagbre and also who would you move on I think the moving on we will discuss later in the season when we get to the retain release what we would do Lonies, I'd 
I would obviously it's very, very early for Adeg Boyega. Is there the potential that we'd be able to keep him for another season? Maybe. I don't know with Evan Weir coming back. I say coming back, joining us in the summer. Um, I think it will be a case of potentially one or the other regarding Adeg Boyega and Akagboy. I, I don't think we'd go in for both. I don't think it's realistic to want to think we'd sign Adeboega. No, but as in on loan. I think we, okay. there's the potential that he'd come back on. I don't know if there is, but we've seen at this level before when a player's come in in January. I say this level, in League Two, not, not with us, but keeping them if they've started to do well. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily see him playing League One football next season. Yeah, I think the issue is is that he'd have to do well enough that we'd want him, but not well enough that anyone better than us would want him. That's the only yeah. way I can see him. Yeah. It's a bit of an awkward place. And then Dave. Now, if it was up to Zoe, I think that uh, Dave would have a lifetime contract oh, with us. She would sign him in a heartbeat. Big, big Akagboy fan. Roger. First signing. Yeah. She loves him. She always texts him after the game. She thinks he's just the sweetest man to have graced this earth. And she is married. So poor old Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to break it to you, but she's a, she's maybe a bigger Dave fan than a Matt fan these days. We don't know whether she texts him on Valentine's Day, we don't we don't have any confirmed reports. Look, we don't want to speculate on that right now. We'd like some real concrete information. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, all jokes aside, um, I think Dave. He's one of those kind of. He's a bit of a Taylor Allen in the sense that he's not groundbreaking, but he kind of is all right, and I think he's developing nicely, because I'm pretty sure he was on loan at. Oldham last season and my older mate said that he was awful and he's not been awful for us and I think that he, he has grown week on week and I think that look he'll never make the Premier League he'll probably never make the championship but I feel like he could be a, a league two league one player you know, if he keeps on the right track Hypothetically speaking we sign him are you happy? Are you sad? I'm mildly happy. I'm not massively happy, but I'm not sad either. But I'm probably a little bit more than neutral on it. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I can, I can see it. Okay, that was that was good. I'm just seeing. Yeah, I mean, he's got he had a one year extension triggered over the summer so he is out of contract obviously we don't know if you know if he's stoke going to want to keep him but he's the type of player that i think is a potential after being on loan yeah i don't see us going for tierney no i and i, I don't think we'd go for, unless he does anything spectacular i don't see Fall or gordon no. Coming back. I think T and E has kind of I think he had his chance to shine and I think he he made a good fist of it, but I don't think he's perfect for the system. 
And no, I think injuries didn't help him. No, I think he'd get a little bit lost in the squad, and I think he'd be one of those players that would eventually just move on somewhere else. And then Gordon, absolutely not. We will not bring him back. Positive of that. Clip this up if you want. Yeah. <laughs> and retweet it at us in the summer when we announce no, no, it. No, 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 no. Retweet it at you. I'm not. At I'm not me. Yeah, okay. Not at me, then. At me. Yeah. I'll take the heat on that one. I just don't see a world in which we would sign him. I just, I just don't think it makes sense. And then Farl, I think that we wouldn't sign him on a perb because I don't think the Vikings would let him go, to be honest. And I doubt he'd come back to us next it's, season. It's still early days to kind of see yeah. on that one. I don't think he's bad. I just don't think that often players, they have a six-month loan spell and then they just don't go back to that club. They'll go somewhere else. Yeah. It's just how the game works generally because managers like to, they're always looking for the best fit, but they're also looking to try and test their players and stick them in a different environment. Yeah. And the the, the second part of Stuart's question was about uh, is Sadler getting any better and would we keep him at the end of the season? Again, that'll be, would we keep him is something that we will obviously talk about at the end of the season when we kind of have more obviously known what's happened throughout the rest of the season. I I don't know whether I, whether he is or isn't improving. I can't work it out because every time I think he is, we then have a certain United result. Yeah. My take on it would be, I don't think he's got any worse. And that's good because we have a habit of making managers worse. and I don't think he's worse than when he started. Yeah, so I mean, positive. the stuff where it's I also, go probably could be more proactive in making yeah. changes and, and, you know, obviously bringing Evans back into the squad and all of that. But, I mean, I'd also seen somewhere that um, the, the game that Evans came back in, Jackson Smith had apparently had flu, but I don't know whether that's true or not. Like, it... Yeah, it's all online speculation, but there's there's sometimes questionable things. But again, I, d- I think when you look at the results that he's managed to get, he he's definitely worth keeping for the time being. I don't yeah. see why we would change that. What I think is that if this was Flynn or Clark or a manager of that ilk who'd had experience at other clubs, who had a bit of pedigree, and this this had been their season, I would say they're getting worse and I would be inclined to not have them. But he's had a lot of tests and I think that he's learning and growing as a manager. And the difference between him and Matt Taylor is Matt Taylor, by his own admission, was too stubborn about his tactics. And I think that Sadler is open to trying different things and to mixing it up and... I don't often think that Sadler throws, let's say, feces at a wall, to be family <laughs> friendly, and see what sticks. I think there's there's a rhyme and a reason to what Sadler does. I just think he's learning and growing as a manager, and that's why I'd keep him, because whilst he's not worlds better than he was in August, I think he's a little bit better. And I think the potential for him to be even better is absolutely there. Yeah, I, I'm. 
yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And I think, you know, that the topic about him and his sort of longevity at the club will be something that we do discuss probably over the summer when things are, are quieter at the end of the season. But yeah, food for thought. We've also got something from uh, from Matt that I said we, we could discuss, but I think that is in itself a complete episode where <laughs> it was like, why can we always beat the teams above us, but we're dreadful against those below. So I'm going to try and do a bit of a, uh, a research and a look up on our, our history on that. Well, I think the reason for that is that, I mean, it's a bit of a Warsaw thing in itself. I think the reason this season is that Sadler wants to play good football. And I think he knows how to play good football, but he doesn't know how to play ugly football. football. Yeah, yeah, ugly football. Yeah, he doesn't know how to break down teams that just hit it long and sit in and have those kind of banks of four and that sort of thing. You know, and you know, trying to get 10 men behind the ball. He hasn't quite worked that one out yet. A lot of modern coaches struggle with that issue because, yes, you want to be that team who plays free-fluid football, but you you need to be versatile and know that there are still old dogs in the league who play old dog football. But Warsaw are just a weird club who do weird things. Warsaw do be Warsawing all yeah. the time. There's there's two or three guarantees for being a Warsaw fan. We will. We will lose against teams that are fighting relegation. We will beat teams that are going for promotion. And we will inevitably concede a ridiculous number of goals late on throughout the course of a season. And that is, them's the ways. Them's are the ways. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember which philosopher said that. It might have been Plato that said, them's the ways, boys. Could have been, you know, there's a, there's a few of them out there, but you know, I'd say it's probably one of the Greek ones, essentially. Yeah, they were, that was yeah. that was the lingo back in ancient Greece, I do believe. Yeah, yeah. and you can trust us. Yeah, <laughs> you can trust us. I mean, I've there's a lot of philosopher chat going on tonight. Marcus Aurelius, Plato. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of any others off the top of my head. I mean, you you list those and then you and then you yeah. end it with. Petruco and Sheldon, like, yeah, oh, yeah. powerful, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And um, <laughs> if you if you do think that we are uh, philosophers in our own right, here we go. Let us know <laughs> on Twitter. You know, let us know by leaving a five star review. It we really <laughs> want to push the pod out. You know, the pod birthday is in the next few months, which we'll <laughs> talk about in the future. You know, if one person listens to this and does something you know gets their mate to, li- to listen to it gives us a five star review does anything i'll be my job my job is done and also just like not just like mr walsall who wrote at ribbon podcast on a piece of paper while he was in the office yes he did um being on that as well Still, the challenge, if you can share the pod in an interesting, funny, creative way, tag us in it on Twitter, send us a picture. You know, if you want to spray paint our at on someone's house, we don't we don't condone graffiti. <laughs> but if you want to do it and that's your choice, then you are free to make your own decisions. You know, 
we, we, we will not participate in any crimes or take any responsibility, but if you want to do them to share the pod, go for it. And, and on that note, thank you all for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks' time. We, we've got a little, little guest lined up for you, so we'll, uh, we'll be revealing more details on that in the days to come. But thank you all for listening and we will see you in a couple of weeks time.